0: 66 of Pineapples and Thorns. I'm Kat and with me tonight are Fado. Welcome Fado. Good evening. And the illustrious Darth Yoda. Welcome.
1: Hello. Oh, oh my gosh. Episode 66.
2: I was so close to 69. I didn't even realize that until you just said
0: <laughs> Well, should we just stop and you can come back and like, you know.
2: Yeah, let's break. I, I tell <laughs> you what, episodes. let's break this one and then say, thanks for listening. And then we, <laughs> we can right start there. again. That'll be 67.
0: <laughs> there you go.
2: It's a four and one
0: um, we're 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 gonna try this this live stage thing again, and uh, hopefully everybody bears with us. Last one had its little hiccups, but uh, this one I'm thinking will go a little bit more smoothly. we're not we're not dragging anybody up on stage, so that should that should eliminate some issues um. Do going to jump right into a little bit of CFF news before we get started. Uh, Red Thorn just did their 1,000th war this week. Totally oh. slipped my mind. <laughs> we were that well, close to
2: it. J- just to be clear, um, we did not do a 1,000 wars last week.
0: No, it was our 1,000th yeah. war. <laughs> and I wouldn't even have known, uh, but, except Peter kind of nudge, nudge. It was like, hey, this is 1,000th war. And I didn't do anything special for it. Uh, so... We're we're just into it. Yeah, we won, you know, so it was good. Um, our good friends over in Shimmy Jig got their 100th war win, so congrats to them. A bunch of us hopped over there to take part. And the CFF is going to be doing a draft war game. Signups are going to open on September 17th, and the live draft is going to take place on October 15th. C Note is going to host the live draft, so hopefully everybody can. Sign up and hop on voice in the CFF server to listen to that.
2: Kat, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, do you have any uh, information about that? Is it going to be mixed breakdown? What's the story on that?
0: Yeah, it's it's always a mixed breakdown. Uh, Town Halls 9 to 15, no dip, no reach. Uh, And as always, there's going to be four teams. The captains this year are Sky, Barky, Queen JJB, and Brew. So it'll be a a round-robin format, one week of wars. Stay tuned for more information on how to sign up. And in October, there's going to be a special all Town Hall 13 event on October 13th. So that'll be a fun one. So again, keep your eyes open for signups for that. And
2: uh, That's a war that my Town Hall 15 could have a six pack, I think.
0: <laughs> but you need a 13.
2: Mm-mm-mm. It's called a so, handicap in golf.
0: Mine, I've been madly farming mine, so hopefully it'll be ready in time um let's talk a little bit about the sog fall tournament yoda do you want to talk to us about that event tell us a little bit about it yeah
1: sure so this is actually the the second one that we did the first one we did was in the springtime and it was our, our initial event to join the um the cff won by bonsai lemmings who will be our returning champion this go around uh, we are gonna be making some changes. So we're spicing things up for the the one that's gonna be coming up. So the date that the event is gonna take place is September 29th. That's a Friday. Um, and the event's gonna start at 8 p.m. So some of the changes that we're doing this time is we're we're actually so let me back up. The last one that we did, we actually ran a tournament bracket style over a seven week or, or a several week period. So this time we decided that we're gonna do the whole entire tournament in one night. And instead of doing longer matches, we're going to shorten the matches. So the matches are only going to be a five-minute prep with a 15-minute war. So they're going to be really quick, a lot of action. That sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah, I'm really I'm looking forward to it. Um, the final match will be played with the standard time hit rules. So you're looking at the the five-minute 5, uh, five minute prep time, 45-minute war. Um, we're also, one of the things that we changed, and we're, we're really excited about this. Um, so each team captain is going to be able to ban a troop for the opposing team. So, for example, every you know, an example I'll give is everybody knows knows Grom and CFF, right? Mm-hmm. OPSO, um, you know, inventor of the the Grom Stomp attack, uh, really good with superhogs. So, if I were were going to be an opposing team captain, that'd probably be a troop I would ban. So, we think that's going to spice things up, make it up, make it a little bit fun. Um, also, it's going to be streamed live by our good friend uh, Mords in the CFF. So, really looking forward awesome. to that. Signups are going to close here pretty soon, though. I'm not sure exactly when this episode is going to come out, but the signups are going to close on the 22nd, so that's Friday, Friday the 22nd. Okay, okay. so there's still time for you guys to sign up. Um, the only requirement is that you have five um, five town hall 15s uh, to be able to participate in the tournament, and you know you just need a couple hour block of time on that. Friday, you know, 8.20, 8.29 to participate. But the event was, uh, you know, it was well-received last time we did it. We're really excited to put it on this month. And, you know, I hope everybody enjoys it.
0: Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Yeah,
2: yeah. Magnus hates
0: everything. Team is ready.
2: (laughs) And right, I was just doing some quick math. And it turns out that with a five-minute prep and 15-minute war, you could do three wars an hour. And so 72 wars a day. And if you multiply that by seven, you would still only have 504 wars in a week. So, again, like a thousand wars in a week is, is really something to behold.
1: Yeah, that, that's why I made sure when I, when I heard that you guys had achieved that feat that I, that I posted in your Discord server. I mean, a thousand wars mathematically, <laughs> probably impossible, in, in but incredible.
0: <laughs> okay, another thing that happened uh, recently was SOG participated in the Worlds. Want to tell yeah. us a little bit about that experience.
1: Yeah, sure. So, you know, I, I guess what I'll do if for the listeners who who may not know what the tournament is is about is just kind of give you a, a brief overview. Sure. So every year, every year uh, to to play into the you know the the world the world finals in Finland, um, Supercell puts on a series, or I should say, the community puts on a series of competitions throughout the year, and the winner of those competitions earns a golden ticket, which allows that team to play in the finals. So for most clans, 99.9% of the clans out there, that is unachievable, right? (laughs) Like you're probably not going to go win the finals in one of these golden ticket competitions. But what I really like is that Supercell provides an option for basically your average clan to have a shot at earning their way to be able to play in the finals for a prize pool of, it's a million million dollars, divided up over, depending on who places where. It's a total prize pool of of $1 million dollars. So this this tournament they do, they do it every year. Um, it's done actually through in-game. So it's something that's very accessible. Um, you don't even need to have Discord to be able to, to be able to do it. Okay. It's all done through in-game. And the only requirement is that the clans that sign up have to have five Town Hall 15s. That's really it. So basically, almost any clan out there that wanted to participate and have a shot at going to Finland, you could. Now, what are your chances? Probably pretty slim, even for SOG. <laughs> but it's neat that they do provide that vehicle for for clans to be able to participate in that in that tournament. So that's something that that's something that we did. Um, so how the tournament basically works is over a ten day period, um, you compete in a, a ladder format um, tournament. Okay, so you can run as many as forty matches. Now you don't have to run a total of forty matches, but if you want to have any chance at moving to the next stage. You really got to run those forty wars. The wars last their five minute prep, thirty minute war time, so they go fairly quick. But if you do the math, and I know Fado, you're you're a math guy, right? So, ten days, forty wars, you basically have to average four wars per night. So that's roughly a two hour commitment, which is a pretty big commitment, um, but it's a, but it's a ton of fun. So we participated in it this year. Uh, we participated in it last year, and it was yeah, it was it was it was a
2: ton of fun. Uh, it really was. How did you guys fare did you how many i mean were you, did you surprise yourselves or or was it more of a well, this is why we don't do this for real <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah so, so that's that's a great question. So we're still in it actually it's not it's not over yet. We will play our final matches and I see a couple of my my teammates that that's on the team here in the in the live chat, but uh we will actually run our final I think it's four matches that we have left is is all we have remaining, and we'll finish those up tonight. Um, And we did like, Hey, look, we, we, we did, we did really well. Um, you know, I would say probably, I would say we probably met our expectations. Like we had, we had no delusions of, of grandeur, right? We, we knew that none of us were going to be going to compete in the world tournament, but we, we did feel like we were good enough to make it to, you know, stage two. So be like one of the top 120 teams in the, in the world. Um, and we're on pace to be able to achieve that goal, which is which is really awesome. Um, it, it was it was really neat. So, like, uh, you know, one, one of the wars that comes to mind uh, actually happened on our, our very first day. Um, we faced war and glory. And uh, for those listeners <laughs> in the podcast probably, um, right now, they're, they're tied for third in the world in the tournament. And, uh, and look, you know, we had a, we had a good night and and we actually beat those guys. And, uh, and, you know, you you guys know me, I'm not afraid to, to gloat. So I I did post the screenshot of that in in the CFF discord server.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. That's, that is a huge achievement to participate in, to, to say that you beat teams of that caliber, you know, that they're more experienced, you know, in that, you know, pro scene perhaps than, than the rest of us. So
1: here's. Yeah, here's the reality too, right? Like, um, like nine, if we play them nine times out of ten, they're they're gonna beat us, right? Mm-hmm. that's just they're they're really good. They're ranked number three in, in the world, but they weren't better than us that night. Yeah, yeah. It's the old any given Sunday, huh?
0: Yep. So, do you think you guys would uh, participate again?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, one of one of the things I definitely wanted to mention is, you know, there was there was this, this problem that we had with with passports. Mm-hmm. So. You know, we just dis- we didn't discover this until after we had started the registration process. But one of the things that Supercell changed this year was that in, in a requirement for you to be able to participate in stage two is you had to provide a, a valid passport. So they were going to validate. I don't even know how they would do it. It's like 800 passports, I think, is what we figured out. It, they would have to check. But they have a process to, ch- to validate and check every single passport. So a couple of us, myself included, went to go dig up our passports that we haven't used in years, only to discover that they were expired. Oh dear! So, yep. Yeah, and and there was there was no time for us to be able to get new passports. I mean, here in the United States, cat a passport can take, I think the minimum is like six weeks, and that's if you put a rush on it. It's a, it's yeah. a multi. Yeah, it's a multi-month. Go ahead, you, Fado.
2: Yeah, you have you basically have to have travel plans in hand. Um, to get any sort of expedited service here. Typically, by now, it's like four to six months if you don't expedite. Yep, yep.
1: yeah, that, that's right. It. So, yeah, so it, it was it was kind of a letdown because, like I said, we we knew we weren't going to Finland. Like, we're realists, right? <laughs> You know, no, like I said, no delusion of grandeur. We weren't going to Finland. But we did feel like that we could make a run in the tournament. Like We felt like we were good enough to get to Stage 2, which we've proven that we are, and then possibly go to, like, Stage 3, Three, and that was that was going to be our so my gripe and i know some people in supercell listen to the podcast is i don't re- really know why they would require that um, at such an early stage in the competition because i think it takes away a lot of the fun for clans like like the sons of guns where mm-hmm. we're not pre- but we are sweaty tryhards like we went into the competition we were we were practicing we were Making sure that we had the right bases, we're on voice. I mean, we're taking it seriously for an attempt to just see how far we could go, knowing we're not going to Finland. it. But how far can we get as our as our team? And uh, and a lot of that fun kind of got, got sucked away when we realized, okay, well, we can only get to stage we stage one basically. We can't play in stage two. So my ask would be, you know, get rid of like that requirement is there for a reason, and I understand it. But move it further down the list, like like make it, a, I think it's like a total of six stages during the tournament. Put it like stage four or five. Like those teams have a legitimate shot of going to Finland. Like those are the ones should who should be validating passports and not, you know, right. an SOG who are, you know, praying and hoping that we get to stage three, if that makes
2: sense. But isn't there yeah. a bit of a, you you have to make assumptions. So in a way, right? Because... When you get to those latter stages, you actually don't have a lot of time to even get a passport at that Mm -hmm. point.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, to your point, Fato, we didn't have time to get a passport at the early stage. Right. So, I mean, at at registration stage, we already knew that we weren't going to be able to play in stage two because we had two of us had expired passports. But let's say I would look at it like this because it's a fair it's a fair point. Right. And I and that's why Supercell does it. But I I would suggest this. Just just look at the sons of guns for an example. Let's say we got extremely lucky. Right. And we made it to we made it to stage five where it's probably more applicable to apply a passport verification. Well, at that point, we would just be disqualified. You know, well, you can't you know, you you can't move on. You guys don't have your passports. And then that that onus becomes on us. That's our fault. Um, But at least we were able to get to that, that point, if that makes sense.
2: Well, you also have the whole, you know, you can't bring guns on planes thing that, that I mean, that's a real problem for Sons of Guns, isn't it? <laughs> you know, God, just kick me off the podcast. Right? No, no comment. I've been trying, I've been waiting to hear those words.
0: <laughs> Darn it.
2: I can kill a podcast with one statement, can't you're I? You're doing
0: a great job. <laughs> we'll recover. All right. Fado, you want to talk a little bit about the leadership stuff?
2: Yeah, so um thank you Cat. So so Yoda being the leader of the Sons of Guns um what prompted you to take the lead of the Sons of Guns clan and what are some of the challenges you face running a small family of clans within you know um you're running like a solar system of clans within a galaxy like CFF.
1: Yeah, so I guess the sh- the short answer was you know I was asked to take on the leadership role by Call T. Um that's the short answer. The the long answer is um You know, I had so I had before I joined the Sons of Guns, I had started my my own clan, like a lot of us, like a lot of us did with with my family. And uh, I'd actually grown that clan to be fairly successful. We had our own feeder clan and, you know, leadership structure and and all of this. So I'd already had, you know, uh, a fair bit of of clan leadership experience. Um, But at the time, you know, I was looking for something like I was the most competitive player in the clan and i didn't you know I, I didn't like that i wanted to be able to continue my progression as a player become more competitive learn and grow so i decided to leave my clan and that's when i joined the, the sons of Gods. and you know i started out in Lutengrind. grind i wasn't even a, a max player i think town hall 14 was the max at the time and i was a town hall 13 um strategically rushing my way up to to max and i joined Lutengrind grind and uh as a member that's that's, you know, that's where i like where i guess where everybody starts right but that's where i started mm-hmm. i started out even though i knew um you know t and cole and hizzle and, and a bunch of the guys from uh various discord servers um you know i started out as as a member and uh and cat it was actually something you you said that i wanted to to bring up because it resonated with me i think it was on the podcast with with cena the clash tours podcast and uh, and he had asked you You know, why you had got into podcasting and you said, Well, there was a void, and it's in my nature to fill that, to fill a void, right? Mm -hmm. And that that resonated with me because I am the same way. So when I show up to loot and grind, and then ultimately Sons of Guns, if I see an opportunity, I'm gonna put my my hand up, right? So if I see it something that I think that can be improved, I'm gonna say something respectfully, right? Um, Mm -hmm. if I see something that I think that I could add value to, I'm gonna put my hand up and say, Hey is this something that you guys think that I could do and it you know starts off with i don't know just you know maybe spinning regular wars or running what running regular wars or then running CWL and then you know joining the recruitment team or whatever it might be but i just slowly started working my way up through the ranks you know became elder and then and then became co-leader and and over time i just began to take on more and more responsibility in the clan now Call Me T, which most of our listeners probably probably know who he is. He was the the former leader, and he's still a co-leader in the clan. He had actually taken on a, while he was the, um, the leader of Sons of Guns, he took on a, a greater role within our old family, which was EYG. So he had he had been promoted to uh, the board there. Okay. So at that time, he had a lot of responsibility on his plate. And he was like, hey, he approached me. He said, look, you're pretty much already running the clan as it is. Um, do you want to be leader? And I said, yeah, you know, I, you know, it's, 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 it's great because, you know, typically when, you know, like in the real world, when you get promoted, you're usually following the person that got fired. Like that's normally how you get promoted. (laughs) Um, But in my case, that, that wasn't it at all. There was no issues in the sons of gun. Like I didn't show up there to fix any problems or turn things around. Like I was actually Mm -hmm. taking over. And that was, flourishing and and doing really well it's just the the leader he had you know he was taking on more responsibilities within that uh greater family of clans that we used to be a part of so I accepted and you know here here I am today I guess almost two years later I think at this point that I've been the leader of the sons of guards
2: yeah so I mean it sounds like you knew what to expect right you were already very much an involved co-leader um do you ever regret accepting leadership
1: no No, I've, I've never regretted it. Like I said, it's, it's in my, it's, it's in my nature. I think it's why, you know, one of the reasons that I, I I'm fairly successful in, in the real life and and what I, in what I do because it's, it's in my nature to take on more responsibility and to, and to lead. Like that's what I do. I would be lost if I didn't do that. Like if I didn't have a voice or an opinion that I could give, I don't know what I would do with myself. So it's just kind of something that I, I, I naturally do. Um, as far as regretting it, no, now what I will say is that I do have bad days. you know, I've had bad days as the leader of the sons of Guns. I've made decisions that I regret. I've had bad weeks, you know, as the leader of the sons of Guns. but mm-hmm. I but I don't think i I've never regretted taking on the role. Um and one of the major reasons for that is because of the team of people that I've surrounded myself with, you know, the existing leaders that were there when I took over, and then people that I've promoted over time make my job, you know, easy. Like I view myself in the Sons of Guns as the 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 least, the most least important person to the clan operation. At least that's what I try to do. So everybody in the Sons of Guns, all of the, the the leaders, they all have their own specific roles in running the clan. So it makes my job a lot easier than it than it might if I said, okay, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna do everything myself. That's that's not the way that I do things. Um, as a matter of fact, like when when T was the, uh, when he was the leader, he was also the leader of the, our one feeder clan at the time. Now we have more now, but at the time it was just loot and grind. And he was running both. And literally on day one, when he, when he promoted me, when he asked me to take on the job, I was like, yes, but I'm telling you right now on day one, I'm going to be making some changes. And one of those is going to be, I'm going to name a leader of, of Lutengrind. grind because I'm, I'm not, I'm, I, I don't have the ability to do all of that. I'm going to, lead through my
2: the leaders that I have in my
1: clan because they're all very capable people. So that kind of yeah. makes my job easier, if that makes sense.
2: Yeah, and speaking of, you know, capable people, <clears throat> so uh, obviously, you know, you can identify them through Discord, through in-game, you know, you uh, a small factor might be, you know, are they actively donating? Are they contributing to war? Are they helping others, you know? Um, you know Besides the obvious, you know, what do you look for in a co-leader as as the leader of Sons of Guns?
1: Yeah, so that's a, that's a great question. So I would say this, this is the most important thing and it may actually surprise people, okay? More important than the ability to lead is the want to lead, okay? So the number one thing I look for in an individual is somebody that wants to be a co-leader. You can have all the talent in the world and be an incredible leader and, and have all the gifts, but if you don't wanna do it, then I don't want you. Like that's, that's just, it doesn't, it doesn't work. OK, so the very first thing is they, they have to want to be able to come into the clan, prove themselves. Fado, you mentioned a couple things, you know, you know donations, putting your putting your hand up and saying you want to you want to help. I mean, volunteering for things. Um, these are all indicators that say, hey, I want to be a co-leader. OK, the second thing that I look for is that ability piece. OK, you know, do they have the ability to be able to lead the clan? You know, there's so many people that all say they want to be the president of the United States, right? Or the CEO of GM. <laughs> there's only a very small amount of people who can actually do it, right? So ability is a, a real thing. But here's what I'll tell you. You know, I would, again, I would rather have them want to do it than the ability because I can teach somebody the ability piece. It's great if they already have it, but if they don't have it, I can teach that. I, can, I What I can't teach is their desire to want to do something. That's just within them. But I can show them and I could teach them how to be a better leader, you know, within the clan. And those are the two things that I that I really look for.
2: Oh, OK. Very good. So and, you know, surrounding yourself with good co-leaders and as a leader yourself, you know, there's been there was a, probably a time period in Town Hall 15, especially before the latest update, where I I know I was experiencing a little bit of burnout and whatnot. But how do you, you know, have you seen that in your clan and how, how have you how have you dealt with it when that's come up? Yeah, so yeah,
1: Town Hall 15 has been rough, right? And, and yeah. I and I know there's a great question in here um that Magnus posed that we'll get to we'll get to later. So I won't I won't get into the balance or anything like that just yet. But um but Town Hall 15 has had it's it's been like a roller coaster ride, right? When it first released, there was all of this excitement, right? We all were excited. We, we were all we're all max players, right? So we're we're you know, we've got this new content, we've got this new town hall, all these new toys and everything. And there was this great excitement. And that kind of quick, you know, after a couple of months that, that quickly dissipated, we learned how tough Town Hall 15 was. And it and it was tough back then. You know, there, there wasn't an established meta yet. Um, you know, Sarch hadn't really started coming around during those first couple of months just yet. And the triple rate was really low. And but more, you know, more importantly, the one star rate was very high. And that really led to morale problems, not only in the sons of guns, because, of course, I, you know, I, I get around I visit clans. I'm in various discord servers. So I, I get to see how it impacts people, you know, beyond the sons of guns, which I'm very fortunate to be able to, to be able to do that. Um, but it did it. it You know, a lot of people retired at that time. I'm sure you guys probably saw it in, in Red Thorn, right? Like right oh, yeah. at that conference first few months of town hall 15 that excitement wears off and you start to get into the monotony of the one stars and low percent two stars we started seeing some of our veteran players that had really kind of come back for town hall 15 just quickly go go quiet again and and it 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 happens right um and then we had the you know the update came out in the in the summer and i think the update again it created a level of excitement um the triple rate did go up. Of course, everybody knows we had the, you know, the increased level to all the troops, the heroes, uh, but we also had some of the defenses that also had their increase. But the net result of that update was a improvement in offensive performance, though ever so slightly. Like, in my opinion, I do not think that they did enough during that update. But there was kind of that uptick again in excitement for the game. And then once we realized, oh, my triple rate was, you know, 10%, and it went to 12%. Does that really? Can you feel that you know, from an emotional <laughs> level playing the game? You can't, right? Like you might be able to look at it in the numbers and see it, but it it it's not changing your 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 view of your or your overall gaming experience when it's when it's when it's that low. Now, yeah, I think what has occurred though is a couple of things happened since the since the update, uh, the summer update, I mean. So they nerfed the Sarch Blimp in the summer, right? And that was a big hit because that was one of the few strategies before the update that actually worked where you're like your average player, your slightly above average player could utilize that and get a triple. So they they nerfed that. And then, so that was a big hit. And then shortly after that, um, there was a glitch that was discovered. And And in case some of you guys aren't aware of that, Glitch and as it pertains to Sarch, if you run a certain combination of uh, trash sea troops, your troops come out slower, and the blimp effectively operates like it did before the um, before the the nerf that they did to it. Okay, um, and I'll give you that combination in case anybody doesn't know. So it's going to be basically forty nine housing space. It's one super wall breaker and five goblins. and when you utilize that particular um, comp then it, your troops come out slower and you can survive, you know, the big bombs and things like that, that were wrecking people before. So once, once that was discovered, and then some additional meta had come out, such as Superhawks, such as Zap E-Titans, Sarch Titans, like there started to be some really reliable strategies that would work and you could get the triple rate that, you know, when the triple rate started to climb. So we went from that kind of 14%. And then we started seeing 20 and 30% triple rates, which starts getting you closer to to town hall 14. When that happened, I felt like that the player base started to wake back up again. Okay. So we started to see the morale shift a little bit, which was a positive overall, positive thing for the, for the game. So I guess my long answer is there's just been this like Town Hall 15 has been weird. It's been like this waves of kind of up and down, and I feel like we're kind of riding a higher wave right now, and morale is probably at, it's towards its peak that I've seen at Town Hall 15, almost to when it first dropped.
2: Yeah, I have Grom to thank for that. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that super Superhold um, strategy is, is is powerful, right? I mean, it, it works, yeah. and when it works, it, you know,
2: it, it increases morale. You know, people have more fun playing the game. Yeah, so um, with in terms of, you know, Sometimes a burnout that can manifest itself in a lot of ways. For instance, having to chase people to do attacks, having to chase people to sign up for CWL. Um, You know, have you ever struggled with that in Sons of Guns? So
1: I see people struggle with this
2: a lot. Um, In the Sons of Guns,
1: we don't chase people. So if you don't sign up for CWL, you don't play CWL. (laughs) You know, there is no chasing people down for signups. Like if you, if you don't go to your assigned clan for CWL, you don't play CWL. And it's just, that's just the way that we've, you know, we, we do things. So it cuts out a lot of the headaches from a management perspective because of that. Um, and then people tend like when they know like, Oh no, like, I'm you know, if if I don't get to my clan, they're going to spin without me. They, they tend to move. Now that being said, do they all move? No, they don't. But then there's consequences for when they don't do what they're supposed to do. and that and that's helpful. It, it does help with with leadership burnout because there's a lot less busy work that we're running around trying to do. Now, is there a downside to the way that we look at that? Sure, because you know if Grom doesn't move to the Sons of Guns and we spin without him, are we as strong as we were without Grom? No, <laughs> we're not. Right, but. It does make leadership. Uh, it makes it a lot easier, and people know that up front. Like they, when they come to the Santa Guns, like we establish, like this is how we, you know, this is how this is how we 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 do things. So we don't typically chase people around and, and things like that. But we certainly have you know leadership leadership burnout. You know, and um and it happens. Like it, you know, sometimes it happens w- with with me. Sometimes it happens with co-leaders, and it, and it might not even be game stuff, right? It can just be, you know, in in real life things that that come up so you know i think it's important for a clan leader and also for for co-leaders to to understand their their team right so understand their mannerisms you know how much they they play the game um how they how they speak in the game and if you see something that's off you know it it's it's incumbent upon the 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 leader of the clan to reach out to that person just to check in you know private one-on-one through a dm like hey you know "I, i noticed that you know you're you're only doing two legends hits a day and you used to do eight, like, is everything is, I mean, first of all, it's perfectly okay, but you know, is everything all right in, 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 in real life. And a lot of times when you, when you have those conversations, you'll discover that it's, it's not okay, you know, and, and you'd be there to try to, to try to support them. So, you know, I, I think it's important for everybody just to be mindful of their team, be mindful of you know their personalities. And when you see that shift, reach out to those individuals just to do a check-in
2: very good yeah and and i think that's one of the things about when you're working with a clan and you you know you're working with responsible people that you guys have a mutual sense of trust with each other that when you ask those questions they're not afraid to be like yeah you know you know Mm -hmm. my 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 toe fell off at work again today and it's just (laughs) i've only got i've only got three left it keeps happening so you know um so you know uh, other than those things like um in terms of recruiting, without global chat, you know what what sort of things are are you guys doing for recruiting? Besides beating war and glory, glory <laughs> <Listen>. <laughs> that, that helps. Man. Getting a talk about it on the podcast helps. Um, so
1: we in the Sons of Guns, we we haven't had to recruit in in a in a very very long time. So we're we're fortunate in in that regard, right? It, it's I, and I'm assuming that Red Thorn probably doesn't have to do a lot of recruiting either. Yeah. Um, so we just haven't really had to to do. Um, but, but what I could do is I could tell you some of the things that have led to us not having to go out and do those re- the recruitment piece. Um, one of the things, and I would say this is by far the most important thing that you can do as a clan leader when it comes to recruitment, is provide a positive experience for your members in your clan. And I'm going to explain why, and I'm tie it back to recruiting in a second. Okay. But you wanna make sure that, you know, one, there's rules and there's boundaries because people don't wanna play a game where there's where there's chaos. At least respectable people won't. You end up with a bunch of trolls or something in your plan. So you wanna have rules, you wanna have, you wanna have boundaries, but you wanna make sure that you have a place where people enjoy coming to play the game. Right? That is really, really important, right? You gotta make sure that you don't have people being toxic in your plan, because that will that will turn people off in a hurry. Right. So one of the things- yeah, yeah. Um, one of the things that we've had a tremendous amount of success with in the Sons of Guns is when it when it when it comes to word of mouth. And this is where I'm tying it back to the you know providing a positive experience because when you have one person that joins your clan, let's say you know I know there was a question here about attracting you know competitive players. Let's say that you had one person that's a Town Hall fifteen joins your clan. Now that person that's a Town Hall fifteen. As long as they didn't do something dumb and buy their account, they've been they've worked on their account for years, right? So they've played the game a long time. So that person over those years is going to develop a network of connections with other players. It's natural. So if that player comes into your clan and they really enjoy the experience that's happening there, they're engaged. You know, it's a positive environment for everybody. They're having fun in the game. They're going to tell their friends. Okay. Then their friends are going to come to the clan. Maybe it's one person. Well, guess what? That town hall 15 has also developed two years worth of networking with other people. And that word of mouth spreads. And really, that's the biggest thing that we've done in the sons of guns over the last couple of years. Because every I would say every single person that's joined the clan in the last two years has has known somebody like I can't remember the last time somebody joined the sons of guns and they didn't get immediate elder because they knew somebody, you know, like they go, no, I've known this person for years. They're good. You know, great. There you go. They're, they're elder. I trust you. You trust them. You know, they're they're elder and and, it, and it's done with. So I think that's the, that's probably the, the biggest thing that that we have done to help improve um, or help recruit. Well, actually help not to have to recruit
2: <laughs> in the sons of guns. And then uh, the last thing on, on this um, is specific to being the leader, uh, the last thing on mm-hmm. this topic is uh, what sort of advice would you have for anyone either starting a clan or just getting into leadership?
1: Yeah. So what I would say, this is a great question. So let's just, let's say I'll go back and I'll draw all my experiences from when I started, you know, playing Clash of Clans, which is roughly, I think it was September of 2020. So it's basically three, three years now when I started playing and I, and I started a clan called, called Darth. Um, and that is figure out what you want your clan identity to be. And that's also an, an important piece when it comes to recruitment as well as, is, is you want to attract like-minded people, but so so figure out what you want your identity to be, you know, do you want to be a family oriented clan? You know, do you want to be a competitive clan? Um do you want to be a clan of everybody who loves disc golf? I mean whatever it is, it's really entirely up to you on on what you want to do with your with your clan. But for for me when I started Darth, I started it with my with my family. So I said, "Okay, what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a clan that's incredibly family oriented. Right? It's a place where you can drop your kids off after school and they're going to be looked after. Like we didn't allow cursing and you know all of this other stuff. Like no, there was absolutely zero nonsense in that clan. A two-year- old could play there. they would they would be they would be, they would be fun. So we made sure that you know our, our clan description said that. We made sure that we had people that were assigned to monitor chat to make sure that that, that people were following the the rules that we had established for a family oriented clan, right? So now fast forward two years, and now you know, I'm the leader of the Sons of Guns, The Sons of Guns. Is not a family-oriented clan, it's not a clan where you drop your kids off to because if you do, they'll leave with a different vocabulary than when they got there. <laughs> right? It's but it we're clear in what our clan is. Our clan is yeah. an adultly competitive clan, right? So that's what we are. It's clear in our clan description, it's clear in our reputation and, and how we do things and what we do. They're two, they're like, and the reason I bring those two up because they're complete opposites on the spectrum of. How you know the different types of clans that you can run, but it really is important to make sure you find that identity and you need to find that identity quick because you want to attract people to that clan that share in that vision. And if they really buy in and share in that vision, those are the people again, if they have the want and possibly the skill to be co leaders that you want to promote pretty quickly to help you build that, you know, build that plan.
2: Well, you know I got, I got to imagine it's pretty hard breaking up with your family though, being like, screw this. I mean, this family friendly, you know, one starring on a TH3 business is <laughs> over folks. I'm done. I'm out.
1: Well, uh, well it was, so it was, a, it was, it, it was, it was a slow process, right? So it wasn't like one day I was like, ah, God, I'm out of here. So my wife stopped playing, my kids stopped playing, you know, the various families stopped playing. So that, that family clan morphed into something else like years later um but yeah it's, <laughs> it, it would have been funny if I, if it was still that kind of just my family and a group of families playing and I was like, "Yep, you guys fend for yourself. I'm out of here." <laughs> it slowly dissolved.
2: It's like, well, "Yeah, well, you know, you used to be a co-leader, uh Jimmy, and now you're an elder because you didn't, you know, eat your vegetables." Sorry. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so how uh, <laughs> How do the Sons of Guns manage uh, Clan Capital on the
0: weekend? We don't. <laughs> so, excellent answer.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, here's here's the thing. So we we do have we do have some people that take Clan Capital seriously, and I'm I'm all for it. Like play the game however you want, but I would I would say ninety percent of the players in the Sons of Guns, they, we, we just go on and we do our our raids to get our to get our raid medals so we could self donate to you know to ourselves. Like that's what we do it for. I mean. Honestly, I have no idea even what league we're in Clan capital. That's how kind of unengaged I am. The, the only time, you know, I know this episode is about clan leadership, so I will mention this. The only time that, you know i I, I have to get myself involved is 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 when these knuckleheads will, you know, they'll they'll do an attack on a base, clear fifty percent of it, and move on to the next. you know for, for whatever reason, that really riles people up. <laughs> so I find to step into um, to to handle those those situations. But, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's YOLO really for us in the sons of guns. I, I actually think our feeder clans are in a higher league than us. Cause you know, a lot, like <laughs> those are different, right? So they're, they can be a town hall 10 and they get to play with the town hall 15s. So like, this is, you know, it's probably a bit more in- engaging for them. And, and you see that in the, you know, in, in the, the level of play, like they're, like I said, I believe that they're like, I think Han shot first, which is our, you know, our feeder for Luton grind. I think they're in a higher league than the sons of guns is <laughs> because we just go on and, you know, I know they just did a a, a nerf to the the, the the spells and whatnot, but you know, we would just, just go in and, 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 and drop the what what what's the spell called? I completely have a blank right now. The
2: skelly
1: spell? Yeah, this the skeleton spell. You drop three of those and you send in your troops and you
2: and you kinda done. So wait, loot loot and grind is in a higher I I find that extremely disappointing. Um what what would it take to get the loot and grind leadership on uh mid podcast cat? I don't look looking see a
0: miracle at this point. They um, would probably
2: would probably kill me, but I could see if, if they're on. No, I'm just. Kidding. <laughs> so, um, with a regular like a a random spin. So, how, what does that look like in SOG? How many people are you typically spinning with? What sort of breakdown?
1: Yeah. So the the breakdown is easy. So in SOG, we we only run max max accounts. So it's it's all you know max heroes, um, max town hall 15s is is all that we run. So. That's the easy answer. Now, as far as the, the amount of people that participate, that can vary because, you know, we're like, as you guys know, we're we're fairly active when it comes to events. Like if there's events, there's a bunch of sons of guns people there. Typically, um, we also do a lot of of friendly wars. So we're constantly doing 5v5. So the, the number of people who participate in our wars tends to fluctuate. So it's but it, the normal the normal number is usually around, like, say, 25 to, to 30 is is probably the mean number that participate in the wars. Um and again, a lot of it has to do with just just people people traveling. Like right now, my account is in Nickmac because we're getting ready to to finish up our our um the world qualifiers tonight, right? Um I had my account, uh my other Town Hall 15 was over in Shimmy Jig, you know, doing their 104. So we're we're constantly moving around, which which is a bit challenging, but I would say the number is probably 25 to 30. Um one of the things that we do differently that I'll I'll mention while we're on the, the topic is um so, I know, like like Redthorn, you guys do back to back course, right? so you're you're spinning nice. one spin you guys start another one. So we do it a little bit differently. So we only do two spins per week. We spin a war on Sunday night and then we spin a war on Tuesday night. Um and what that allows is it allows play on the weekends. So it allows us to do more more thing, more five v fives, more events, more things like that on the weekends, and I have to worry about ourselves being stuck in a in a spin. So it's kind of a long answer,
2: but there you go. And then for us, for CWL, um, is it, is it, I'm guessing it's 15s for you guys. And what do you, what do you do if someone misses a a hit in CWL? Like, because that, that can have tremendous consequences. Uh, They just get benched for the rest of CWL. Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: So we run, so to get like, and this is something that um, we, we recently changed the way that we, we do our, our rosters. Um. So in the in the past, like we're we're fortunate where, of course, we play in champs, right? So you're running a, a 15 V and then we always we always run one or two alternates in the in the clan for that roster. And we're fortunate in the regard that the like we've in, in the Sons of Guns overall family, we probably have, I don't know, like 70 Town Hall 15s. And of the 70 Town Hall 15s, 40 of them want to play on the Sons of Guns roster, right? That's like the the, the parents table over here in Champs 2, uh-huh. right? They, they, want to, they want to go over and they want to play on that. So the way that we used to do the rosters is um, one of my co-leaders, which I know many of you know, his name is Cole. He and I would just kind of subjectively um, figure out who was going to be on the roster. So we would look at things like, you know, how did they do last month? Um, you know, are, have they been participating in wars? Have they been practicing? Where are they at in Legends League? And it was kind of like a, like a, like a feeling type of thing. We're, we're figuring out who we think the best 15 is to join the roster. So what we found is, you know, people, they did it like that, right? They're like, well, why didn't I get selected for the roster? We would try to explain it. But again, because there was subjectivity to it, it there wasn't a concrete answer other than, hey, we just didn't think you were good enough, right? And nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that. So one of the things that we changed over the last couple of months is we created a system between Loot and Grind, which is the main feeder for the Sons of Guns, and the Sons of Guns, where we run a 15 in each. Okay, now Luton and Grind is in Masters 1, and then Sons of Guns is in Champs 2, okay? And we'll run a 15 again with that one or two alternate in each. Now, at the end of CWL, the top three players in Luton and Grind will promote into the Sons of Guns for the the next month's roster... And the bottom three performers in the Sons of Gruns will demote down to the LNG oh, roster. Promotion and relegation, huh? Yep. And <laughs> what it did was it provided a fair system for the selection process. Well, there was no selection process right at that point. like it, The system does it for, for themselves. And it provided a, a level of objectivity to the rosters. Everybody understood it. Everybody knows what the stakes are. And the interesting thing that happened is we started discovering players that were really good attackers that have just happened to be like really quiet people in loot and grind that actually went to the sons of guns and really started kicking the crap out of CWL. Like those guys were like on fire. We're like, Whoa, what is going on here? Like we didn't realize these, these players were so good. So that system, we've really benefited from that. And one of the results is, you know, we just promoted to to champs two last CWL, and I would credit the, you know, the way that we had been doing the rosters for the couple of months, because you slowly, like the best people filtered their way to the, no matter which was their home plan. And I think gave us the best shot to win.
0: That Sounds uh, like a great
1: system.
2: It, it's great until you get demoted out of, out of sons and guns, sons <laughs> and guns, right? I mean, how do, how do you handle how do people who get demoted i mean they it can't they can't universally just be like oh okay i mean some they'll probably take that kind of kind of bad how do you handle that situation
1: yeah that's that's a great question so i'm gonna i'm gonna tell you how we handle the promotions and i'll tell you how we handle the. Demotions. so that so if you promote out of loot grind that's a big deal so one of the things that i do as clan leader is at the end of every cwl and i don't know we, we normally run four or five clans and cwl just you know out of the sons of guns family at the end, I always do a recap. So this is how this clan did. Did they promote? Did they demote? This was the MVP of the clan. And at the very end, we we celebrate who promoted out of out of LNG because that's a big deal, right? So you're you, you're now going to, like I said, you're going to the parents table, you're going to the show, you know, you're going you made it, you're you're up there. So those get celebrated. and uh, you know and, and big announcements that we send out at the end of CW. Now, to answer your question, which is the harder question, what do you what do you do with the people that got that got demoted? So, we we don't do anything like what I, what I there's no mention of it. Like I'm not going to put that out in the communication. Like oh by the way so and so demoted. You know, we it just we right. So what I, what I do is I just send them a DM and they already know, right? So they don't really even need me to tell them because there's a list, right? At the end you get these are the rankings in Cwl in game you can see it. So they already know who they are. So there's no point in it. You know what I, what I do is. I'll send them a DM and just be like, "Hey, you saw, right?" And they'll be like, "Yeah, I saw. I'll try hard next month." You know, <laughs> and that's that's it. We just we just thought there's no need to point it. They know who they are, and and we we go from there. And then there, we've had several people who have demoted into LNG and promoted to SOG multiple times. One of them, who's in the live chat right now, is Antonymous, who is kicking butt on our Worlds team
2: right now. So the system works. Um, if you could ask Supercell for something to help with clan management in game, what would it be?
1: So clan management in
2: game
1: i it's it's tough because the in you know, to manage clans in game especially when you're talking about a, a sons of guns a red door a magerian army you know there's a bunch of clans that we could we could list large clans let's just say that you can't do it in game and i don't know that there's anything that supercell could do to replace a program like like Discord. You know, you need something like that. You need a a, a communication tool that all its job is, is to be a communication tool, not a game and a communication tool. Like you have to have, you have to have both. So I don't know if there's any one thing that Supercell could do because it would just be too large of an undertaking. Like we rely so much on Discord that there's no way that you would be able to to implement all of that into the game. So you can't, so you got to throw that out because it's never going to happen. So what I would do if I were Supercell and I could ask them to do one thing I would say provide more integration between Discord and the game, you know, and that could be something as simple as, you know, an easy way in game for somebody to click a link that's going to take them to a Discord server, right? So no matter, like, I'll give you an example, like no matter how much we advertise in our plan description that, hey, we don't accept in game applications, you have to go to the CFF server, blah, 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 blah. People will still attempt to join. And if the account looks good, we're going to let them in and just have a chat. We're always like, hey, do you have Discord, uh, no, I don't, or blah, 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 and all of this. And it would be nice if there was, at the very least, like the minimum they could do is just have it to where there could be a link that somebody in-game could click that would take them to a server. I think that would be good. Um, if I could ask for a little bit more than that, it would be, you know, maybe there's a tab in-game that links over to, a, to Discord where there's some some sharing of information. Like maybe you could see certain you know, channels within Discord and reply to it within game, you know, that level of integration. But again, you can't ever combine the two because the two are very good at what they do independently and you couldn't mix them. But if you could figure out a way to just integrate a little bit of Discord into the game itself and make it easier, that would be what I would change.
2: Yep. And then uh, changing, changing uh, over to one of our very favorite questions we usually ask all of our guests. So um, the current month, the theme scenery and skins is all about uh, the game of chess. So mm-hmm. did you complete the events? Did you buy the scenery and skins?
1: No. So I did not. I didn't. So I haven't purchased a scenery or skin in a, in a very long time. Um, I just, I don't, I don't know. I just, I'm just, I'm not into it. Like I check them out. Um, it, but I, I, ha- I haven't uh, as far as the challenges. I, I don't, I just don't have time to do the challenges. And since all of my accounts are, are maxed at this point, or, or basically maxed at this point, like I have no need for any of the rewards and, you know, when I'm doing 16 Legends hits a day and I'm participating in, in friendly wars or like the world qualifiers right now, I just don't have time to go in and try to do some random challenge for a builder potion I don't need. Um, now, that being said, there was one of the challenges during the month that our friend Trample Damage did, which was, I forget what it was called. It was like the the Gambit Queen or, or something like Queen's Gambit. Um, and that challenge was surprisingly fun. Um, I heard him talk about it on his on his podcast and I was like, Ah, oh, you know what? I'm going to go. I'm going to go check this out. And mm-hmm. you know what? That challenge was a lot of fun. It was, you know, I I didn't need to watch one of the videos to be able to do it, which I, which I liked. Um, And it was fun to experiment. So I completed that one on my main and actually went around and just did it on my mini accounts as well. Cause I thought it was fun. But you know, beyond that challenge, I haven't, I can't remember the last time I've even done one of them to be honest. I can see why people do, you know, I just, I just, I don't need the rewards and I just don't have the time to do it.
0: Fair enough. We're going to dive into some questions from the audience now. I know everybody's anxiously awaiting your oh, answers boy. on these. <laughs> oh boy, that is right. Uh, okay, Magnus asked a number of questions, so we'll start with his. Uh, what time management skills do you use to juggle your accounts?
1: Okay, um, so right now I don't, and the, <laughs> the, the, they're all they're all max, right? So I play on the the account that. Whatever account I have, I'm using for whatever I'm doing that day. So what I'll tell you is the things that I do every day, you know, unless something comes up is every day I'm gonna do my 16 legends hits a day. So that's a that's a given. And the way that I'd like to play the game is very different than than most people. So I do I play the game in sessions. Like a lot of people will hop on, they'll do the two legends hits, they hop off. I don't do it that way. I like in the evenings, I like to sit down and carve out you know, my two or three hours that I'm going to sit down and, and and play the game and I do my attacks that way. So um, so it really depends. So, th- so I'm going to have my ones I know that I'm going to do every day. And then it depends, like, is my 14? Is it an event? Is it an award? Do I need to do those attacks? And and that's what I'm going to what I'm going to do. Now, there was a time when I farmed. right? <laughs> I wasn't always a max player. You know, I did a lot of farming. I hated it, but I did. I did do it. And, uh, and when you're playing on multiple accounts, you have to stay up with your, your farm. So what I would do from a from a time management perspective is, you know, let's say I had, you know, my two hours at night. I knew this is my, my time that I was going to play the game. This is all the time I had to play the game. You know, I would simply look at my accounts, figure out which ones needed to loot. You know, where were my builder timers at? Um, I, I never use Clash Ninja, but that is something that I know is a great tool because I've heard a lot of people, a lot of people talk about it. I would just pop in the game and go, all right, you know, all my all, you know my loot's full, and I, I don't have a builder coming free for four days in this account, so I don't need to touch it for a while. And I would just go to my next one and figure out which ones I needed to you know I needed to get the resources in. And then I would spend my time that I'd allocated to myself to play the game, focus on the counts that needed the farming to be to be done.
0: Excellent. Another question from Magnus, How do you keep yourself engaged in the game, given the extensive upgrade times, significant resource costs, and the repetition of attacks?
1: Yeah. so i'll go I'll go back to where, again, you know, when when I did not have all all Max accounts because it's kind of different today. But, when I was worried about upgrade timers and, and downtime and things like that, I did what a lot of people do. I just created another account. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think our friend Cino, it's up to like 32. Like I never, I never, I never got that <laughs> kind of that, like that, that many accounts. That's kind of nuts. Um, but uh, I did, I, I created, other I created other accounts because once you, and you guys know, like once you get to town hall, you know, 12 these days, at least, the um, you know, upgrade times are, are long and you could have periods of time where there's nothing to do in the game. So I would just simply pop on one of my other accounts and start, you know, start far- farming that one up. Um, so that's what I used to do when I was, you know, when I had to farm, when I when I didn't have max accounts. And now, today, I look, I, I love to play the game. I mean, it's probably evident, you know, in my excitement during the podcast today. Um, I, I like to play the game. I do. Like I like doing my legends. Hits. I I enjoy it. It's not a burden to me. Like I hear that quite a bit or I see that in a lot of players where they're like, oh, I got to go do my Legends hits. To me, I look forward to doing it. Like that's my time to unwind and, and have fun. And it's like my my me time for me. Like I'm going to sit down, I'm going to do my Legends hits. I'm going to drink a couple of beers and all is right. Or I'm going to, or oh, great. I got two two war attacks I get to do tonight, you know. So for me, it's just it's fun. Like I I enjoy it. So there is there is no burnout for me. Now I haven't been playing the game for you know 10 years, like like some of the people that are listening on the podcast right now. Um I've been playing three years, so maybe in 10 years it it will be different. But for me right now, it's I it just I don't experience it. I could I could run a Sarch E Titan hit 20 times in a row and still feel good when I triple. <laughs>
0: Now that most 15s are maxed, how do you feel about it? Do you think it's easier or harder to triple? Do you feel 15 is balanced?
1: Yeah, so I, I did go into a little bit of that earlier. Um, mm-hmm. Here's what I would here's what I would say with 15. I think the triple rate is in a in a good spot. I really do like I like it's 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 harder than than 14, but you can you can triple at 15, right? We've all we've all done it, and it feels really good when you when you do. Right. So when you get that triple, it feels better than it did at 14, because at 14, you know, maybe we were tripling at a 45 percent hit rate. And now for us mere mortals, we're down to like 10 or 15. Or if you're Grom, he's at like 70 or whatever. He's nuts. Um, But but it feels better when you triple than it did at 14. Now Here's the problem I have with with 15. I did allude to this a little bit earlier in the podcast, but the the one star rate. You know, that was that that was what we did not experience at 14. I mean, of course, there were one stars. Okay. Right. But they were they were pretty rare. And, you know, when you get a one star, it's devastating. Right. Especially when it happens during a big war or a friendly war or, or CWL and you get a one star. It man, it feels like you like if you if you care and I know like the members in the sons of guns care, you know, That stays with you the whole day, right? You know, like you're you're you know you're at work later on that day, and you're you're thinking, oh my god, I let my plan down. You know, what I would like this, what I think needs to change with sixteen, because I don't think you do anything with fifteen right now, right? But I think with fifteen, they got to figure out. I think you can keep the triple rate or sixteen. Excuse me, when sixteen comes out, I think you can keep the triple rate right where it is, but you got to figure out how to make it so there's less one stars. Right. Because I think that's what kills the morale way more than if than than if than not getting the triple. I think we feel pretty good when we get a 90% two-star 15. Right. But you get that one star and it's it's crippling. Like you you really feel it. So I think when 16 comes out, they got to find a way to be able to bring that that one star. Hit rate down, like it should be a lot lower than it is, you know, and, and that might be somehow weakening the the town hall to make it easier to come down, or or maybe it's introducing a new seeds machine or, or buffing the log launcher, whatever it might be. I think there's a number of things that they could do, um, but I do, I, but I do think like right now I wouldn't change anything, and I'm gonna say this with a big caveat. Now I mentioned this earlier. But one of the OP attacks that we have right now for us sweaty tryhards is like Sarch, right? So Sarch works. Like you don't have to be a pro to triple. You can run Sarch. You can run Hogs. But Sarch is a big part of the meta right now. And I think if they fix that glitch, I think that's going to be a big problem. I re- I really do. I think you're going to see morale come way down at 15 because again, that one star rate going to go is going to come is going to go even higher. So I think they need to leave it completely alone. Do not fix the glitch. I don't, you know. Don't worry about the. I, I don't fix the one-star hit rate right now. Do that at sixteen, but but don't fix the arch glitch. I really feel like they got to leave that the way that it is. Fair enough.
0: Another question for Magnus. How does your spouse feel about letting you spend time, slash money, on a mobile game?
1: <laughs> she feels she she doesn't like it. <laughs> 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 so, you know, it's it. it you know, it's it's. It, this is what I would say. I, well, one, I don't spend any money unless she's asleep. So let's just put that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, yeah, question. all
2: she has to do is log back into that family account and see your glittering <laughs> new sceneries. <and laughs>
0: that's the real reason yeah.
2: he
1: doesn't buy the sceneries. <laughs> so that, yeah, so that, that's, that's something that a point that I could, I could point out there for, for everybody. Wait for her to go to sleep to to purchase anything. Um, but now, hey, look, here, here's the way that she feels about it. And I know that not all spouses are going to feel this way. But man, there's a lot of worse hobbies I could have you know, than playing yeah. Clash. You know, playing this kind of nerdy game where where I'm at, I'm at home. You know, I could. You know, we're all adults. You know, we could we could be at the bar drinking if we wanted to, right? Or or doing other dangerous behavior. Um, you know, I, I stay at home and I I, I play a, a silly game. And yeah, I, I play it. I do play it too much, right? I play a few hours a day, but I think she looks at it like, well, I guess there's a lot worse things he could be doing with his time than playing some uh-huh. silly mobile game that he clearly likes. But <laughs> well, wait till they go to bed and spend any money would be my advice. <laughs> okay. JT of
0: 618 and ODS and Magnus all had a similar question. Do you have any tips for recruiting good active members so like recruitment methods? Because attrition is inevitable.
1: Yeah. So unfortunately I rambled on about this earlier. So I think I've probably already answered this question in detail. Mm-hmm. Um, there. There's a couple of things I, I I didn't mention that I'll share on this, this time. So something else that you can do is 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 be involved in the community. And it's funny because when I look at that name JT, um, JT was actually a part of my old family clan way back in the day. So I I actually know who that is. He's not in the Sons of Guns right now, but but I do know who that is. And obviously I know OGS in um, So one of the things that you could do as a clan leader is be out in the community. Okay. Get your, get yourself out there. Like participate in events. Like join you know join various Discord servers. Of course, you've got us in the CFF. You've got, Clash Tours, and you've got all these other you know amazing servers with all of these amazing people. And what ends up happening is is you build a network of of friends, right? And I'll tie this back. I'll we'll tie this back to recruiting. But you know you're you're, you're building this network of friends, and you're getting your claims your clan's name out. Now that doesn't mean you're going to come into the CFF and start poaching our players, right? We're no, we're not gonna we're not gonna be happy about that. You probably won't survive there very long. But let's say JT and I become close friends, you know, just through Discord and doing events and things like that. And I know one of the questions was, you know, they're looking for how to get competitive players. Well, let's say the Sons of Guns is full, right? And somebody, which is a problem that we, you know, we deal with quite a bit in the Sons of Guns, and then somebody tries to join the clan. And I don't have room for him. I might go, hey, I, I know this guy, JT, he's got a he's got a clan, he's a great guy. I know him. Or well, I might send that player over to, to them, right? So that's just one way that being involved in the community can help can help grow your clan. And it also just gets your, your clan out there, right? People know who you are, they know your clan, they'll start asking questions, and uh and you can grow your clan that way. So that, that's one thing. Um we talked about the rules and guidelines. The other thing that I would point out, and this is the, the, the last one that I have right here that I didn't already touch on. And this this specifically only applies to, to clans that are just starting out. So I know that the recruit the in-game recruitment tool, like it, it gets it gets a lot of hate, right? And mm-hmm. rightfully so. Incredibly useful. What I would tell you is when I started the, the family clan Darth, I that thing was like my best friend. Because what I would do is I would go in. And I would open up the tool. And one of the features that's in there is you can look at the player's activity. So I would not pay any attention to the town hall. I didn't care. I just looked at their number of attacks they had in that month. So if it was 15 days in the month, into the month, um, and they had a 1,000 attacks, I'm like, boy, this is somebody who's incredibly active. I would send them an interview. And then what I would do is, is I would use the shotgun approach. Okay. Again, I had my, my plan description and what I wanted my identity to be. And I would explain that to people when they arrived, but I was, I was just spanning it after. Like if they had a lot of attacks, I would just in, invite them in. And then once they got there, we would feel them out. If I felt like they were a good fit, they would stay. If not, we would, we would kick them. And uh, so I would do that. I would have my co-leaders do that every day where it, we, we would go out, we would send 10, 10 requests and you fill your clan up pretty quick that way and once your clan is full it, it, it it's kind of like a snowball effect it makes it easier to bring new people in. so don't so i guess what i'm trying to say is if and again if you just if you're a small clan if you're just starting out your clan of five don't overlook that tool and don't let people tell you the tool is useless because it's not it actually you know for a small clan just starting out it could be a very useful tool if you use it the correct way don't just send invites to random people who aren't active in the game that you're just spinning your wheels
0: that's good advice Uh, let's see zed lawman that's my canadian zed (laughs) asked what is your favorite and least favorite thing about clash of clans and do you play any other supercell games
1: all right so my favorite my favorite thing is is i kind of mentioned this but it's it's playing in legends like you know what i like is the ability that you know to think that that little old Darth Yoda could become number one in the world in legends, which will never happen, but the opportunity is there. Every month we all start out with five thousand trophies, right? So we we start off at zero. So Grom might be at fifty eight hundred right now, and I'm at well, actually I've I've dropped because of the world tournament. But let's say I'm at my normal 5,600. 5, well, guess what? Next month we both start at five thousand. So I think it's that opportunity every month that refreshes that everybody's on a level playing field again and we can all push and, and try to get as, as as high as we can you know there's that coupled with the fact that there's zero pressure in legends right it's just you against you know whatever base you you happen to spawn when you click the button so there's there's no pressure right um there's no there's no nobody's watching you it's just it's just you and it's just that base that you're you're attacking so i think those two things um is is why legends is the the thing that's my most favorite my least favorite is is farming <laughs> i'm so glad I'm <laughs> done with with farming, I, I just, I didn't, like, as, as a matter of fact, I avoided all cost. Um, even when, you know, troops used to cost Elixir, I just went in with four armies. I just said, screw it. I'm going to pop my training potion and I'm just going to keep training. <laughs> Go in and, and, and two or three town halls below mine to get the loot because um, I hated farming so much. So that would be my answer. All
0: right. And then his other part of the question was, do you play any other Supercell games?
1: Oh, uh, yeah. Sorry. No, in short, no. Never tried. I don't have time. Nope. <laughs> Not saying I wouldn't in the future. I, you know, I don't have anything against it. I just, there's, I just don't have time. So no, I haven't even tried yeah. one.
2: Well, if you started Clash in 2020, then you might be able to pick up Brawl Stars in a in a few years and be just fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, let's see. Fuzzy wants to know if you could only watch three Star Wars movies for the rest of your life. Which ones would they be? Okay.
1: So is he asking just me? Or are we all going to? Um uh,
0: We can all answer. You go first.
1: My name's Darth Yoda. I'm going to put these... So there's a right answer. And I'm going to put them in order of my... Of the, of the top three, we'll go three and count down to one. Okay, with one okay. being my favorite. Right. So number three, without doubt, Return of the Jedi. Right? Number two, and this may surprise some people, but it is Rogue One. Love that movie, even though it's one of the more recent films.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: number one, if anybody has anything other than The Empire Strikes Back as their number one movie, you're a Star Trek <laughs>
2: Oh, those are fighting words.
0: Well, (laughs) Fado, you're next. I don't know. All
2: right, all right, all right. Hold on to your hats. All right, my number three is Star Wars three. My number two is Star Wars two, and one is Hardware Wars. The end.
0: (laughs) Oh boy. Let's see. My number three would be. Let's see the The Han Solo movie that they did Solo. Yes. yeah, yeah. I, I like that one. And my number two is Rogue One. And yeah, my number one is Empire Strikes Back. We're we're
1: two or three. That's not bad. I don't know what fado picked, but at least, at least uh, you're, I,
2: you're, it, I, I I can't. I I'm not as big. Uh, I'm a fan, of course. I've seen them all. Um, the the one that really stood out was Empire Strikes Back by far. I
0: that think,
1: I think just, anybody. I, I think anybody that's seen. The, all the Star Wars movies. Most people.
0: Yeah, for sure. And then oh, another question. Well, hold on, Go time
2: ahead. out. Hammer. Time X, out. X-wing. Oh my god, X-wing is unbelievably great game from like ninety. Oh, yeah. Ninety three or ninety four on a PC. Oh my god, that game was just endless fun. They don't make X-Wing. games like that anymore. Yeah, it was. It was. I think we're probably pretty close to the same age. I can. I can remember those games. They were awesome.
0: All right. I don't remember that game. Um, <laughs> fuzzy also wants to know where did the clan name Sons of Guns come from?
1: Okay, so <laughs> so when when T and I did this podcast a few a few months ago, we actually mm-hmm. tried to <laughs> we couldn't we we don't we don't have any idea. Like there isn't there isn't anybody that was originally a part of the Sons of Guns that's still in the clan. Like the clan has been around for probably since the inception of the of the game, or at least close to it. Uh, there isn't anybody around. We couldn't figure it out. We we actually we actually tried and the best thing we came up with is it had to be a bunch of guys and gals that like guns. Like that's like,
2: <laughs> like that's what we deduced from it. Because we, we we don't know. Yeah. Interesting. Is that because they censored sons of bitches?
1: <laughs> I don't know if I have a feeling that's probably gonna get censored out.
0: <laughs> oh, well. Okay, ODS wants to know which Star Wars character would you most want to see introduced into Clash?
1: Okay, this is an interesting. So I think there's probably a couple that's already in there. So Palpatine has got to be the super wizard, right, with the lightning shooting out of the fingers or whatever. What's what's going on? So I think probably already there. Um, I think Chewbacca's in there already, right? That's that's the the yeti walking around. So it's kind of hard. Like I know we've already got a few that I think are probably based off of Star Wars characters very loosely, <laughs> but I would say probably Darth Maul. You guys remember Darth Maul? He's the one from the the mm-hmm. prequels, double lightsaber. Yeah. So he, I, it would pr- probably be pretty neat to see him swinging around that double lightsaber around on a map. <laughs> That'd be the one I would.
0: Awesome. Let's see. Trample wants to know what does the organizational leadership structure look like at CFF? It is a large family and takes some management.
1: Yeah. So, Catam, I'll let you take that one. How's that
0: sound? <laughs> oh, okay. Put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> it's it's basically each clan has or clan family within the cff has a leader and a second that has a voice in the family leadership uh channel and you know it's pretty relaxed to be honest you know fox does such a great job of, of running everything and uh the clans work so well together and work so well on their own that there's almost never any situation where we need to Get together to discuss anything. So, leadership chats really, really quiet. <laughs> so, you know, we, we get together to talk about events and, and things like that. And then it gets filtered down into the uh, uh, other channels with the, the co leaders and, and that. And, and everybody participates. it's Everybody just gets along. So, I, it doesn't really take that. I mean, at the beginning, it probably took a lot of management to get it started. But now it's, it's just everybody works so well together.
1: Yeah, and I and I would agree with that. I mean, as the, the one of the newest clan well the newest clan to join the, I mean, I guess we're not new anymore. we have been in we've been in for a while, but we're still are the newest clan. And you know, when we came in, it was it was absolutely seamless. Like we were we were welcomed. You know, we had our, our leaders that were that we selected that were gonna be a part of the the leadership team within the CFF. And to your point, mm-hmm. Kat, yeah, if there was any issues, it usually just revolved around the sons of Guns, right? So it was really us.
0: So <laughs> you guys are such <laughs> troublemakers, I don't know. Right. <laughs> And then the uh, last question from Trample is, if one gem donations became two gem donations for items over 12 housing spaces, how would that affect your outlook on the game and or its economy?
1: Okay. So I, you want me to take this one, right?
0: I want you to handle this one.
1: Okay, I will. All right. So here's what I would say. Given the source of the question, I have to think that... <laughs> thing this is something supercell is considering now trample has not said that to me he just submitted the question but you know he isn't a creative program so if it's something that supercell is considering i would strongly tell them to not do this i think what would end up occurring is people would a lot of people would stop buying the gold pass okay because mm-hmm. you know right now what are, what are we like the three people that are that are on this podcast right now, what do we buy the gold pass We buy it for the one gem donations and possibly if you guys like the, um, you know, whatever the scenery is that month or whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. That's the reason that we, right? So now if you're taking it to two gems that we now have to spend, well, that starts creeping up closer to the five gems that we would have to spend without the gold. Right. So I think what I really believe what would happen is they would have a significant drop off in revenue and I, nobody wants that because we want Supercell to be successful we want people to continue buying the game that they are continue to buy the gold pass rather because if they do then the game is you know they're generating money the game will continue we can all still you know do podcasts and enjoy the game like we do like we do today so i think it would be very dangerous for them to go down that that road um and again it's just because you start getting closer to that that five gem and it's like well If it's now, it's five. So now I'm going to spend, you know, now now do I I really want to spend my $7 a month now? Because, you know, I'm not getting that value that I used to out of it. And I'm not, you know, and that's all I buy it for anyway. So I would strongly advise if that were something Supercell were were to consider to not do that. I think they'd see a significant drop off in revenue. I'd stop buying the whole pass. I mean, I just speak for myself and I buy what, three or four of them a month. I would just stop. I'd be like, yeah, you know, I'll just do the five. I'll just pay, you know, I'll use my $7 to buy additional gems to, potentially to you know to do five gem donation so yeah i i would not do it but what, what, i'm curious what are your guys thoughts on that
0: well
2: i've been buying it pretty faithfully for the donations um it's hard to say I, I i now in one account in my main account i've actually been really low on gems for about two months but i've managed to stave off buying them because through the gold pass i still you know i'm able to donate and be a good You know clan mate and all that good stuff and also but still be able to you know still be able to you know claim some gems on some things that i'm already maxed on you know whether it's books and and things like that um i'd probably still buy it until i figured out it just what you know wasn't worth it
0: yeah i I think it would definitely impact my decision on how many gold passes i buy because I mean, yeah, I gem donations. I'm, uh, I'll gem a barb because I can't wait for it to... to
2: it's a, a six-second training time without the gold pass. So, right?
0: I, man, I just can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> just a long time to wait. So, yeah, I don't know. I, I I think it would be a big mistake for them because I think I the one gem donation is a loss leader. You know, it, it, it encourages people to to buy the gold pass. So for them to... To raise the the cost for even if it was like for troops 12 spaces or over it's like no yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think it would be a wise decision at all
1: no yeah i, w- I would see the revenue dip and for the reasons i explained i think that that's that's not good for the game
0: yeah for sure and now we're at the shout out section darth yoda do you have any shout outs
1: yeah well first obviously really really Thankful for you know Cat and Fado. Thank you for having me on. Um, you know it was fun the last time, ton ton of fun this time. So really appreciate you guys having me on. Um, I want to shout out to Barcode. I, I mentioned just this earlier, but um, you know she uh, recently joined the CFF server. She's the leader of the of the War Heroes, um, mm-hmm. and their, their clan promoted into Champs One. You know last last month. Oh, that's and, awesome. you know, I- yeah, I think that's a that, I mean that's what we're all trying to do, right? Like uh, you know, I think that, that was a that was a huge deal. So congratulations to Barcode and the War Heroes for their OP promotion of champs one. Um, wanna give a shout out to my 5v5 team. You know, we talked about this at the top of the, the show, but I don't think I got a chance to mention everybody. So we've got uh you know, my my scrub self is on the team, and then we've got uh we've got Grom, we've got Telehammer, we've got Dad and Fuzzy. That's not that's not me, that's that's a different guy. Um, and then then <laughs> So those are the five guys on the team, and you know they, it's a, it's a big big commitment. You know we've been we've been playing together for three hours a night for the last nine, eight, nine nights in in a row. And a special shout out to to Telly Hammer, who I know is is, is listening and posting in chat. Um, he you know he took on the the leadership role and and is running the team. So I didn't have to do any of that. It it was really great. So like I he just told me when to show up and what I needed to do, and I'm like yes sir. That's awesome. So, you know, big shout out to him for 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 taking that on. Um, Want to give a shout out to my my good friend Ace, uh, you know, who's who's just always such a, a a fantastic you know friend to me. We've got so many things in common. I try to look past all the the middle fingers that I get, you know, why twenty a week and <laughs> Discord servers, but uh, he's just you know he's just he's a great friend. You know, if he knows I've got something important coming up in life, he'll. He'll he'll send me a message, check in, see how things are going. You know, he's just just been a great friend to me for really quite a long time now. At this, at this point, point. Um, and then I guess I would I would probably be remiss if I if I didn't thank you know on an episode about clan leadership if I didn't thank my leadership team in the in the sons <laughs> of guns. Uh, you know, it really is a great group of of guys and gals. You know, they they all have their their role, whether it be you know being a clan leader in one of the feeder clans or running uh, you know, random spins or managing our rosters or, or managing the you know, CWL, I mean, whatever it might be, you know, they all do a fantastic job and they, they make my job a, a hell of a lot easier. So shout out to all Thank those you. guys. That's what I got. Thank you. Awesome.
2: Fido. Yes. Um, hello. Um, I would like to shout out Peter and Magnus, um, for all the work behind the scenes and for, you know, all the juggling, magnus is doing in his real life i know I'm, I'm shouting him out a lot but i love the guy and he's he's got a lot on his plate and he manages to remain a valued member of the leadership team over at redthorne peter's a huge help with cwl as well want to shout out darth yoda for you know just being such an engaging guest and an interesting you know always an interesting guy to talk to so thank you for joining us on a saturday night and you've got other business to attend to as you've as you've stated um and of course to the production team of this very podcast fox and um you know thank you for you know taking the lead on all this and and helping us as well and mama sid's as well with with all of the cleanup that she has to do so thank you both
0: (laughs) she'll be busy tonight (laughs) Let's see. My shout outs basically echo everything that you say, Fado. I want to shout out the leadership teams in Phoenix Reloaded and Redthorn and the Raided. Uh, three clans that I hold various roles of leadership in and uh, really can't manage the clans without all of you guys. So, thank you very much. And shout out to y'all. And thank you everyone for listening. The CFF is a family of clans who love to play games such as Clash of Clans and Clash Royale, among others. You can send questions or comments to us on Twitter at RedThornCOC. To get more information on our clans, events, and podcasts, join the CFF Discord at discord.gg slash clashfiles.